Proverbs chapter number 18. We're in our series, uh, uh, Foolproofing Your Life, and hopefully the messages have been a help to you. I have really enjoyed studying and hearing messages out of these Proverbs. Proverbs chapter number 18, and uh, we're going to read the whole chapter tonight. Uh, there's a lot of great verses here. Follow along as I read. How about this? Uh, let's see. I'll, I'll read the first verse, and then you read Verse 2, I'll read verse 3, you read verse 4, and so on. Ready? I'll read verse 1. Here we go. Through desire a man, having separated himself, seeketh and intermeddle with, with all wisdom. A fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. When the wicked cometh, then cometh also contempt, and with ignominy reproach. The words of a man's mouth are as deep waters, and the wellspring of wisdom as a flowing. It is not good to accept the person of the wicked to overthrow the righteous in judgment. A fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth calleth for strokes. <coughs> Excuse me, verse 7. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. The words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. He also that is slothful in his work is a brother to him that is a great waster. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. The rich man's wealth is his strong city, and as a high wall in his own conceit. Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty, and before honor is humility. He that answereth the matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. The heart of the prudent getteth knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeketh knowledge. A man's gift maketh room for him, and bringeth him before great men. He that is first in his own cause seemeth just, but his neighbor cometh and searcheth him. The lot causeth contentions to cease, and parteth between the mighty. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and their contentions are like the bars of a castle. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Now, verse 21 is really where the message tonight is going to be centered around. So let's read verse 21 together. Ready, begin. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. We'll stop right there. There are so many great verses in Proverbs 18. I had a hard time uh, deciding which to preach on. But when I came to Proverbs 18, 21, it really impacted me deeply as I thought about this verse. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Let's say that together. Ready, begin. Death and life are in the power. Just let that sink in for a moment. Or drop your Bible, amen? No, I'm just kidding. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. I want you to think back in your life for just a moment. Think back in time in your life. Maybe there was a time in your mind's eye that you can remember when somebody said something to you that literally changed your life. Can you think back to anything that somebody said to you that literally changed your life? Maybe it was a good thing. Just a single phrase or a single word or 
maybe just a conversation several times in my life that's happened to me. I can think back to Miss Westfall, my eighth grade teacher. Boy, she was a hard teacher. And she did not smile. She was very rough on me. And, uh, and I got a lot of demerits and a lot of trouble with her. But I'll never forget one day, she put her hand on my shoulder and she said, you'd make a great teacher. That's all she said. Of course, it was right after I got in trouble. She's probably trying to get me to do better, but that changed my life. I, I know, I'll never forget that. She said, I, you'd make a great teacher. Uh, I remember a guy when I was in high school, I went to a youth conference and I, was, I remember it was freezing cold. This is in Lancaster, California, high desert, freezing cold. I'm standing there, I'm freezing to death. I'm waiting for cold pizza. I'm by myself. I'm at this youth conference. I don't even want to be there. And this guy behind me in line, his name was Jose Miano, just started talking to me and asked me how I was doing and, and just talked to me. And that's the reason why I decided I want to go there for college. Just a conversation. Maybe you can think back into your life. I can remember many times that my parents encouraged me or said something that just I needed to hear. And there are many times in our lives where just a word or a conversation or a sentence can really change our lives. And I'm sure you can think of things like that. And I'm sure, like I can, you can think back in your life when someone hurt you. When somebody said something to you, you'll never forget. I'll never forget. Now, this is not too serious. This is a joke. But I was walking out of church. Excuse me. I was shaking hands at the door. This is probably my third or fourth week as pastor. And so, you know, people are coming through the line and saying, hey, pastor, good to see you. They had a good message, whatever. And this one, one dear lady, she's with, she's, in, she's with the Lord now. But she came through the line and she shook my hand and she goes, better luck next time. <laughs> just things that you just can't forget, you know. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. How many here tonight understand that with that kind of power, God's people should be using their words to bring life? How many understand that tonight? My words, if anything, should try, we, I should try to bring life and not death with my words. And for most of us, we don't wake up in the morning thinking to ourselves, I can't wait to hurt someone today. Most normal people don't think that way. Most normal people don't wake up and say, I can't wait to make my wife mad today. <laughs> we got quiet there. Most, mo- most women don't wake up in the morning and think, I can't wait to drive my husband crazy today. Most don't wake up. Most of us don't wake up thinking, I can't wait to insult my boss on accident today. Or, or maybe I can't wait to accidentally say something dumb. Or I just can't wait to get to church and offend somebody. Most of us don't think that way. Most of us don't say, gee, I wonder how I can stick my foot in my mouth today. So what's the issue? Why do these things happen? How, how is it that we offend people sometimes or hurt people at other times? How is it that we firmly place our foot in our mouth at times? How does that happen? Well, for me and for most of us, I think it's one simple problem. We just don't think before we speak. So my message tonight, coming from this verse here, verse 22, the message tonight is very simple. Think about it. Just think about it. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that this message would help us. Help us, Lord, to think about what we say before we say it. Help us, Lord, to be Christians that bring life with our words, not death. Help us, Lord, to encourage other people and strengthen other people and help other people and uh, just be the kind of person that somebody wants to be around. Lord, help us not to be people that bring death with our words. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Admittedly, tonight, uh, I think one of the greatest struggles I've had in my life is think is speaking without thinking. Anybody else here tonight besides me? Just speaking without thinking. I'm the kind of person that speaks now and thinks later. That's just how I am, and everybody's different. I know some people are a lot more quiet than I might be, but that's something that I've always struggled with and, and something that I want to grow in this area of thinking before I speak. Have you ever talked to somebody and you said something to them and you walked away from that conversation and you thought to yourself, man, I wish I didn't say that. Or I, I wish I would have worded that a little bit differently. And the other day I said something to Brother Asprelli that uh, I, I didn't mean it the way that I said it. He was helping a visitor into his car to take him home. And uh, he's helping her into his car. And he's doing this for me as a favor. And it was my guest. And he's helping take him home. And I said, it just came out of my mouth. I said, man, I wish we had a nicer car to take this guest home in. And uh, I don't know why I said it that way. But I just, I felt so bad. I take I said, brother, that's really, that's not what I meant. I meant a bigger car, you know, uh, more like, anyways, it was getting worse the more that I said. But anyway, we all say these things all the time. And I do, at least I do. I shouldn't say we all do that. I do that. And many Sundays I'll go home. I'll tell my wife, I said the dumbest thing today. And I just, because I'm saying so many things to so many people, I just mark it down. I've said it. And, uh, and so I, I wanted to grow from that. And so this message really is, is, is put together for me. And so I hope it's a blessing to you. And I came across, as I was writing this message, an acronym for the word THINK. And it's helped me already in my life. And I've used it several times. Uh, you know where is a good place we should think is before we send a text message. If you apply this principle before you send a text message, I promise you it'll help your life. Uh, another place that you could use it is before you write a Facebook post, uh, because I tell you, you're opening yourself up wide open with things like that. And so, of course, I can't say anything on social media without getting uh, 15 messages. But anyway, uh, we have to do our best, though, to try not to offend people uh, and hurt people and to bring life with our words. And so let's get right into this acronym. I think it'll help you tonight. And, and, and it's very biblical. It's biblical. Uh, and there's a lot of Bible verses that we're going to go into. So let's talk about that. So letter T, the word T stands for true. True. Is what I am going to say 100% true? How many think that's important? You know, you don't have to say it if it's not true. <laughs> Someone once said, the more interesting something is, the more likely it's false. Amen? A story is told of four priests who met for a friendly gathering. And during their conversation, one priest said to the other, he said, hey, our people come to us all the time and pour out their hearts, confessing their sins to us. And he says, let's do that. Let's do that with each other right now. It'll be good for our souls. And so in due time, they all agreed. And so one of the priests confessed that he liked to go to movies and would sneak off away from his church to go to the movies. And the second confessed that he loved smoking cigars. And the third confessed that he loved playing cards and gambling. And then it came to the fourth one, and he was just being kind of quiet. He wouldn't confess. And so the other priests uh, we're pressing him, say, hey, man, we told you what we, our vices were. What's going on with you? Confess your sin. And finally, the, the priest gave it up. He said, well, actually, guys, I'm, I'm a little bit of a gossip, gossip, and I can't wait to get out of here. And so, <laughs> if death and life are in the power of the tongue, then which side of that equation do you think gossip is? Let me say it again. If death and life are in the power of the tongue, what side of the equation would gossip be? How many vote for death? 
How many vote for life? Don't raise your hand, please. Gossip does not help anybody. And most of the time, when it comes to gossip, it's not true. Now, if it is true, we'll get into that in just a moment. But oftentimes, uh, how many understand there are two sides to the story? And then there's the truth. I've had people come up to me over the years and, did you hear what happened at that church over there? Can you believe what that pastor did? And I always give them this face. Don't talk about another pastor. Somebody say amen tonight or I'm going to start preaching. Amen. Don't talk about another church. You don't know what's going on. Well, yes, I do. I know someone. They don't know what's going on either. Until you pastor that church, you have no idea what's going on. And all God's people said, amen. And it applies to every scenario. Well, did you hear what happened with that family? And did you happen with that couple? And, and, and you know what? That's just not gossip. Amen. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Gossip falls on the side of death. And, uh, and so we, if you look here at uh, chapter number uh, 18, look at verse 8. It says the words of a what? Tail bearer are as what? Wounds. They go down into the <coughs> innermost part of the belly. The word tail bearer, if you look it up, it means slanderer. Someone who slanders somebody else. It's gossiping. It's talking about somebody else behind their backs. Christians should not be gossips. They should not be gossips. Central Valley Baptist Church, I hope, is not known as a gossip church. Amen? And we ought not to be known as gossip people. I love what Mrs. Ward said. By the way, she's in Mexico right now, and she watches the live stream. Mrs. Ward, we love you so much. And we said, I sent her a message the other day. But I'll never forget, she used to say that all the time. She goes, don't tell me anything. These ears aren't trash cans. She used to say that all the time, and that really helped. And, and here's the thing. Uh, uh, we ought to not be slanderers. We should not ever talk about folks behind their back. We should never tell lies. We shouldn't tell things that aren't the truth. And, and, and down in, in our hearts, oftentimes we know that we're not telling the truth, and we ought to tell the truth. When we slander, when we gossip, there is wounds, the Bible says, that go down into the innermost part of the belly. Gossip is like an ulcer. It eats away and eats away to all of those that are involved. Proverbs, excuse me, Psalms chapter 15, verse 1 says this, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. Proverbs 12, 22 says this, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. Proverbs 20, 19 says this, He that goeth about as a talebearer revealeth secrets, therefore meddleth not with him that flattereth with his lips. Don't spend time with a gossip. Don't spend time with them. Don't give them audience. Did you hear what brother so-and-so said? Don't care what brother so-and-so said. Then you give him this cheesy smile. Amen? Did I lose some of you tonight? And all God's people said, amen. Don't spend time with a gossip. Don't listen to a gossip. Don't take part in gossiping. Uh, and so we need to work at that. And when we do uh, say something, we ought to tell the truth. Is it true? Is it true? Truth ought to come out of our mouths. Well, pastor, what I said about that person was true. Well, let's move on to our second point then. Letter H, is it helpful? <laughs> Is what we're saying helpful? So this is to help us before we speak. And again, I'm preaching to myself tonight. So number one, think the word T is what? True. Is it true? Number two, is it helpful? Sometimes something is true, 
when it's not helpful. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> and there, there's just some things that we should not... We, Shakespeare said it this way, give thy thoughts no tongue. <laughs> In other words, is what I'm about to say a part of the problem or is it a part of the solution? I was taught in Bible college, and I know my parents taught me this as well, that you never go to someone with just a problem. You go to them with a problem and a solution. You go with a solution. If you're going to talk to somebody about a problem, have a solution. Amen? Don't be part of the problem. Be part of the solution. Is what I'm going to say helpful? Is it helpful? Sometimes uh, people send me an email or, or talk to me after church and say, Pastor, I noticed something, and I so appreciate it when somebody in our church notices something and brings it to my attention. You don't always have to have the solution. That's not what I'm saying tonight. But don't, be, don't just constantly be a part of the problem. Be a part of the solution too. Uh, come come to with a solution. Say, hey, how about we do this or how about we do that? And so is what I'm saying helpful? Sometimes we say things about uh, others and, and sometimes we say things about the government or some things we say things. It's just not helpful. It's not helpful. Proverbs 16, 28, a froward man, that means a rebellious man, soweth strife, and a whisperer separateth chief friends. Ephesians 4, 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. In other words, whatever is coming out of our mouth, let it be helpful that it may minister grace unto the hearers. If we're having a conversation with somebody, may our conversation be what? Helpful. It ought to be helpful. Uh, 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 so often we, we feel like we have to point out everything. Anybody else like that besides me? Well, what about this? And thank you, Brother David. You're the only one, but that's all right. You and me, brother. No. Well, sometimes we want to point out everything. But is it helpful? Is it helpful? Thinking about what we're saying is so important. Are the words that we're speaking, are they helping others or are they hurting others? Are they lifting others or are they tearing others down? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I remember when I was a teenager, and I remember a few times uh, uh, speakers getting up and, and uh, saying things to the youth group that was hurtful. And it just wasn't necessary. Just saying something to a teenager, you know, calling them a name or, or because they thought it was funny or whatever. Not helpful. Amen? I remember many times in my life where I said something to somebody and I walked away and I thought that was not helpful. How many of you are like me? I'm convicted. I want what I say to be helpful. I don't want to be hurtful. I don't want to say something that's going to cause somebody consternation. And, and uh, I remember times in my life where somebody would say something to me as a young person, especially, and boy, it just made my day. You know, it's amazing how we as adults, we can really influence the next generation just by talking to the next generation, just by taking time. How are you? And, and, and how are you guys doing? Boy, you guys look so sharp. Hey, thanks. You know, and just talking to them and being, you know, uh, uh, getting to their down to their level and talking to them and just being helpful. That brings me to my next point. Letter I, inspiring is what I'm going to say, going to inspire somebody, or is it going to do the opposite of that? Bringing despair to someone. 
is what I'm saying, inspiring. And, and listen, I, I know, listen, listen to your pastor and I, I know there's a lot of negative things in the world today, but Christians do not need to live in the negative. We have the Holy Spirit of God inside of us. We have heaven to look forward to. We have the word of God to read every day. We have someone to pray to. If anyone should be positive, it should be the Christian. Amen. And all God's people said, amen. amen, we ought to be positive. And boy, we ought to be the one at work with a big smile on our face. And instead of walking in, I'm going to tell you, you don't know what's going on with Trump and, and Biden and, and all these things in the news, ABC. And no, we'd have, have a smile on our face. And boy, did you hear? And did you know? And man, can you believe what God has done? And, and boy, God is on the throne. And boy, what great weather we have today. And man, you should see this picture of my grandkids. And just have, be positive. Amen. Be inspiring. Boy, I appreciate people like that, that are just always happy. I'm not always happy. Anybody else like me? I'm not always happy. Of course not. And we're not always uh, on top of everything. But we ought to, when we say something to somebody else, it ought to inspire. We ought to inspire others. Have you ever met somebody, and after the conversation, you feel like the life force has been sucked out of you? The Christian has the power to give life with the tongue. Think about that. You have the power in you, no matter who you are, no matter how smart you are, no matter how rich or poor you are, you have the power inside of you to inspire another human being with your words. It's amazing what we can do for somebody else just by being kind. Amen? Just by noticing someone, just by talking to them, inspiring them. Think about all the Bible verses that are in the Bible that instruct us to be inspiring with our words. Proverbs chapter number 12, verse 18, there is that speaketh like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. Proverbs 12, 25, heaviness in the heart of a man maketh it stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. Colossians 4, 5, and 6, walk in wisdom towards them that are without redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that it may know how ye ought to answer every man. There's a way that we could help other people by our words. Someone once said, flatter me, and I may not believe you. Criticize me, and I may not like you. Ignore me, and I may not forgive you. But if you encourage me, I will never forget you. It's amazing how often we have the opportunity to help someone with our words. We just don't take it. Take the opportunity to help someone tonight. If you're a lady, you could say something like, I love your hair to another lady. Be careful from saying this. Boy, you look, you look, you look good today because you're implying that you don't look good any other day. <laughs> you don't look as tired as you normally do. <clears throat> or if you're a guy, you could go up to another guy and say, man, that suit looks sharp, man. Or I like that tie, or you kids are so well-behaved. Is that a new car? Man, what a nice car. Not <laughs> Must be nice to have a new car. How did that happen? <laughs> no, nice car. I like that car. And Boy, is that new? What kind of a car is that? And, and just and be, be kind. And, 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 and Anyway, your kids are so well-behaved. Boy, they're such good kids. And boy, that song, Sister, was beautiful. Or sir, boy, that song just touched my heart. Thank you for singing that. You're such an encouragement to me. Thank you for being here tonight. I know what you go through. Thank you for what you do for our church. Or, or man, I've been praying for you. Thank you so much. And uh, maybe to a teenager, you might say something like, man, I'm proud of you. I'm proud that you're here. I'm so proud of you. Well, that's an awesome job, what you did. Or I just can't wait to see what God does in your life. 
life or I can see a lot of potential in you. There's a lot of things that we can say to inspire somebody. Just to help them. Just to be a blessing. Well, did you hear what happened the other day with the, with the oil rig? And the, we don't have to be that way. I said we don't have to be that way. We can be inspiring. I sure appreciate it. We have such good people in our church that are so, such an encouragement to me. But boy, how we need to be encouragement to each other. Well, I just don't know. I don't have anything nice to say to that person. Lord, have mercy on your soul. Amen. Find something nice to say. And all God's people said, amen. 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 Like my grandma used to say, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Amen. So before we speak, let's think. Think. T. What does T stand for? Truth. Is it the truth? Number, letter H here, is it? Helpful. Letter I, is it? Inspiring. Let's talk about letter N. I love this one. Is it necessary? Is it? Is it necessary? <laughs> now, I'm preaching to myself tonight because I say a lot of things that probably aren't necessary, but is what I'm about to say necessary? Is what I'm going to say necessary? That's something we ought to think through a lot. Is this really necessary? Does this really need to be said? The Holy Spirit can help us with that. Amen? I promise you, if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, because it works for me, I promise you, if you're about to say something, you tell the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, should I say this? Usually the Holy Spirit responds, no. (laughs) The Holy Spirit typically doesn't say, yo, go ahead and say that. Proverbs 10, verse 19. In the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin. But he that refraineth his his whips is lies. Amen. He that refraineth his lips is wise. Amen. Calvin Coolidge, he was known as the most reserved president the United States has ever had. He was called Silent Cal. He hardly ever said anything. But Calvin Coolidge said this, I have never been hurt by anything I did not say. Of course, that doesn't apply to happy anniversary. Amen. (laughs) Psalms 141 verse 3. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Isn't it true that most of us just like to hear ourselves talk? Isn't it true? But is what we are saying, is it necessary? There's a story about a woman who had a very serious throat condition. The doctor told her that her vocal cords needed to rest. She was forbidden to talk for six months. With a husband and six kids, it seemed impossible. But she did what she was told. She, uh, when she needed the kids, she blew a whistle. Whenever she needed to communicate, she wrote things on a piece of paper. After six months, her voice came back. And when asked what it was like to communicate only in writing, she said this, You'd be surprised how many notes I crumpled up and threw in the trash before I gave them to anyone. Seeing my words before anyone heard them had an effect that I didn't think I could ever forget. I don't think I can ever forget. And isn't that true? Isn't that true? Are we the kind of person who just says whatever comes to our mind? And and then we like to say, well, that's just how I am. May I just say tonight that the Holy Spirit can help us with that. That might be how you are. That might be your personality, just kind of, ah, whatever comes. That's that's a personality that I think I might have. You can say amen to that. It's true. But the Holy Spirit can help us with that. To not just blurt out whatever. Is it necessary? Is it necessary? So think. Is it the what? Truth. Is it what? Letter H. Is it what? Inspiring. Is it letter N? Is it necessary? And then the last one, and perhaps my favorite, is it kind? Kind. Is what I'm about to say 
kind. Ephesians 4.15 says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Someone once said that great minds discuss ideas, average minds discuss events, and small minds discuss people. Have you ever seen in the New Testament, this is just a question for you, have you ever seen in the New Testament anywhere where Jesus Christ gives us permission to be unkind? Does he give us permission to be unkind to sinners? Does he give us permission to be unkind to the poor? Does he give us permission to be unkind to brothers and sisters in Christ? Does he give us permission to be unkind to the lost person? Does he give us permission to be unkind to our spouse? Does he give us permission to be unkind to our parents or to our children? Does he give us uh, permission to be unkind to those who work for us, a subordinate? Does he give us permission to be unkind to someone who we work for, like our boss? Is there any situation where Christ gives us permission to be unkind? And the answer is no. We're supposed to be kind. Proverbs 15, verse 1 and 2, a soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Have you ever been in a situation where it was a little bit tense and you said something you shouldn't have said and it made the situation worse? I remember specifically I did that one time and I regret it to this day. I wish I could go back and change what I said. But oftentimes in our life, if we would just think about what we're going to say, the tongue of the wise useth Knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools, what? Poureth out foolishness. Ephesians 4, 29 through verse 32. Let's go to Ephesians real quick, and I'll end with this. Ephesians chapter number 4, verse 29. Brother Easterday, he's home tonight. He's having a, a reaction to something. He sent me a text, and you pray for Brother Easterday tonight. He'll be all right. He said in a few days, but you pray for him. And uh, he, he taught me this in, in the marriage couples class. Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you, Ephesians 4.32. So, Brother Easter Day, thank you for teaching me that song. I'll never forget the verse now. How many like that song? Be kind. Look at what it says, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Let no what? Corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Notice the context of that verse. Grieving the Holy Spirit of God in the context of communication coming out of our mouth. Whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all what? Bitterness and what? Wrath and what? Anger and what? Clamor, and lastly, what? Evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Boy, these are things we struggle with. Bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor. I tell you, you know what makes me so mad is the dog. Anybody else's dog make you mad? Yeah. Well, things make us mad and we get upset and we, and we, feel, like, we feel like we're justified in what we say because we're mad. But grieve not the Holy Spirit. Put wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking. Put it away from you. Get it away from you and be what? Kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Ephesians 4.32. There's no way for me to tell, and I want to know, but there's no way for me to tell or want to tell how many people in this room are not forgiving someone else. That is something that is between you and the Lord, you not forgiving someone else. But this verse right here says, bitterness should be put away. 
and to forgive. God tells you to do that. You ought to obey God. And maybe you're having an issue with anger or wrath or clamor or evil speaking because you're not forgiving in your heart. But be ye kind one to another. How many of us tonight agree? This world is filled with sarcasm, derogatory comments, insults, tearing down. There's plenty of mudslinging, slander, and slams. How many would agree with me on that? The world is filled with that. There's an overabundance of negativity, bad news, gossip. If you want to know bad news, just turn on uh, your television, turn on Facebook. It's all over the place. But wouldn't it just be amazing if we could be different as Christians? If we could be different, wouldn't it be something if every Christian at Central Valley Baptist Church would think before they speak? Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? I read this illustration. I thought it was interesting. Jeff Bezos, the CEO of Amazon, when he was 10 years old, he saw a commercial stating that every puff a smoker took on a cigarette shortened his or her life by two minutes. He was quite the math whiz. And so he began adding up how many minutes a longtime smoker, like his grandmother, had lost to cigarettes. To his surprise, Jeff's grandmother began uh, to his surprise, Jeff's grandmother began to cry when he announced that she had lost 16 years of her life due to smoking. His grandfather took him aside and gave him a talking to. But to Jeff's surprise, his grandfather was not angry, nor did he attempt to punish him. He simply said this, you'll learn one day that it is much harder to be kind than to be clever. And for all of us tonight, that's a good lesson. Sometimes we, we want to say the quick thing or the funny thing or the whatever thing. And sometimes it's just better for, it always is better to just be kind. So here's the challenge for all of us tonight. And here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to put a challenge out to you. Let's all practice think for the whole next week. For the entire next week, between now and next, when, next Wednesday, <laughs> next Thursday, Think before you speak. And maybe between now and next Thursday, every time you send a text message or put something on Facebook or even in a conversation, we'll think about this. Is it what? True. Is it helpful? Is it? Is it? Or is it? Say, Pastor, I don't know if I can do that. Well, just think about it tonight. Amen? Let's pray together.